when you meet someone, they might give you information or you might see a difference and you feel too nervous to ask questions because you don't want to offend them. But mm-hmm. then you, I guess, you avoid a com- and learning more about them. Now, this is when people come in and they say no questions are off limit. And today we're joined by Tanya, who is terminally ill. Morning. Good morning. 131060 is the number if you want to jump in um, straight away. You are such a breath of fresh air when you you come in, but you've been battling cancer for for how long? Um, The first brush was 1997, Mm -hmm. Um, then five years later it came back again. This is breast cancer, by the way. And then 14 years later came the metastatic um, diagnosis, which means it's moved out of the breast into other areas of the body. Mm. So it's now in the lung and uh, the abdomen. So you're getting chemo to uh, prolong your life? Would that be what...? Yeah, I have been told it's not curable. Mm. Um, So it's about trying to stop the spread. And nobody knows... um, how fast that will go or how slow. Um, I was originally told I had months mm. um, and I'm still here. So I'm on the third line of tablet chemo, which is why I've got my hair. Yeah. Um, but that's the last line of tablet. So I would have to move on to something more aggressive. Right. But this is about buying, buying time. Mm. So in a strange way, every day you wake up is almost like a surprise to you. You're like, I'm, I'm still here or... Definitely. I mean, um, <clears throat> the journey is a difficult journey, physically, mentally. Um, yeah. You have to adjust your brain. And then what becomes good news is um, different things. So the milestones that you see, like at the time when I was diagnosed with metastatic, my children were at university mm. and I didn't think I'd see them graduate. Mm. So when six months later they graduated, it was a huge milestone. Yeah. So you adjust and you make the most of the moments, but you're very aware too of the moments that you're not going to have, like be a grandmother and mm. weddings and things. So um, yeah. you just live for the moment. Yeah, wow. Do you mind if I ask, have you changed the way that you live now? Because we always think that, you know, you're doing the washing and the cooking and the cleaning. Have you just gone, I don't want toxic people in my life. I don't want to do that mundane stuff. Um, it is very different because it's not you that makes the decision the disease makes the decision for you Mm. so um you have lots to contend with and yes i try and be upbeat but i do have days where Mm. it's like this is too hard i need to not see anybody and i need to just stay in my own space um things change when i was diagnosed i had just started my own business and Mm. it was doing very well And then that had to go because obviously you can't commit to long-term contracts when you don't know if you're going to be here. Um, So your life changes, but I always find things to be busy with and I'm very blessed with beautiful people Mm. in my life. And um, so you tend to make the most of it, but also the physical limitations with your treatment. You have good days, not good days. Mm. Um, I'm not receiving the worst treatment that some people have to go through. But I do have days where I'm very tired and I feel off or... Yeah, yeah. The, the irony here is, I mean, you're a beautiful looking woman and you look very healthy, Thank you know, you. like you wouldn't know it to look at you that no. you've got a terminal diagnosis. That must be really hard to, because if you can see someone's frail, or you can see someone's weak, you get treated differently, but you've mm. got this all going on. And mm. from an outward perspective, you might not even be able to tell. No. And it's very interesting because obviously because of the advocacy and the things I do and also nursing my parents, um, You get to know about different cancers, different diseases. Sometimes I think I'm like a walking encyclopedia Mm -hmm. about them. But with metastatic breast cancer, it is. And um, I can remember in the UK, 
um, a huge advocate. She's now passed on. Mm. And she was just beautiful to look at. Mm. And then there was another lady holding signs up on a video she made um, about the statement, oh, don't you look well? Mm. And yet inside your scans show horrific. Your body's falling apart. And it depends on the disease. Mm. Um, And that's what happens with metastatic breast cancer. You can look so well Mm. and yet your scans are a mess. Mm. Now, another layer to this as well is you're a big advocate for voluntary assisted dying. I am indeed. you Mm. were booked in to possibly go overseas? Yes, so... um, Look, I've been an advocate for voluntary assisted dying since I was 20. So my mother was diagnosed with aggressive chemo when I was 11. Mm. So most of my teenage years were spent being her carer. Um, In my 20s, my father had his battle with cancer and died. And then in my 30s, it was my turn. My mum and I were always advocates, um, especially after her journey. So the advocacy was still there in in my head. Um, It was all about timing. So basically... It is timing with everything with socially progressive issues. And so in 2016, uh, simultaneously with my diagnosis came the Victorian push for legislation, Mm. and that was the start. So I would have still got on board, even if I hadn't been diagnosed, Mm. but the timing was right. And then you appreciate you can lend a voice um, as a true representative of why. So for you, if you got so sick that it was unbearable, you would rather have voluntary assisted dying than than let nature run its its course. Absolutely. And I think that comes from, look, um, I launched a change org petition two years ago calling on the Queensland Premier to introduce it um, with speed. Mm. And um, this is just me, um, 76,000 signatures it sits at. polling reputable over decades, 80% of people um, support the option. Mm, It's now not a state issue, it's a global issue. Absolutely. But you have to understand suffering. So a lot of people have um, an image in their mind of somebody in a bed dying, they're skeletal and they've lost weight. It is so much more. Mm. And my disease is particularly cruel, Mm. along with many. So, um, yes, I decided to make application to Switzerland um, and it's a long process. It's not I just bet. you go. Hey. Kelly in Morrifield, what's your question for Tanya? Tanya, do you mind if I ask how you kept your positivity like throughout time and time again? Kelly, um, thanks for asking the question. Um, I should be very honest and say some days are not always positive. It's a process of working through it. And yes, you are smashed. I mean, when I was told I was looking at months, my husband and I had to leave the oncologist and go and sit in a park and, mm. and just sob buckets. Um, but you move through it and the, the your mental frame of mind is really important and you adjust and you come to accept things and you come to think, oh, well, that's not bad and this is quite good. Um, friends, family, doing things that keep you sane mm. and finding a purpose. Um, and, yeah, sharing with your friends how you feel and, and don't try and cover it up. Don't always be, you know trying to be Mrs. Happy Um, and good friends will support you and you can actually say, you know, I'm not having the best day. Mm. Brooke in Ipswich, what would you like to ask? Hey, Tanya, do you mind if I ask um, what what, um, hang on, sorry. Mm. Are there days that you think with your sister dying um, that you can't go through with it when you start thinking of your family? No. Never, not ever, Brooke. And I, I think I should qualify that, that that comes on the back of nursing a mother yeah. through my teenage years, nursing my father through my 20s, um, 
having lost friends, having lost friends who have got who had my disease, and watching what they go through. Um, it, it's not like oh, this is a wonderful option. The alternative is is awful. Do you say it as in you don't want the, your family to go through it as well? Do, is that like for you to physically go through yeah, it? No um, doubt, but for them to be able to watch it is that a concern to you? Um, I think. Look, I'm well researched because of my advocacy. Um, the first Victorian who accessed the legislation down there. I've spoken with her daughters. Everyone who I've spoken to who's had a family member in countries where it is legal, they describe it as a peaceful mm. process. Um, I would be more concerned about my family having to watch and see mm. what, what I saw with what, my loved what ones. What do your kids think uh, about it? When like are they gonna, Would they come with you and be in the room when you...? I think... I, I won't get into that on air because I've got two children and they have different views okay, and okay. I respect those. Mm. They're not against what I do yeah. and they're mm. not against it. But but it's hard I think them. one would find it more challenging than the other mm. yeah. and you have to respect where they're at and yeah. I certainly would not be. Mm. You're scared of judgment. COVID at the moment, aren't you? That something's going to happen and you're not going to be able to go. Well, at the moment in the last year, um, it would, I wouldn't be able to yeah. go. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just hoping that treatments will keep me going till flights open up Mm -hmm. and when I'm ready then that's the option but I think the key thing out of all of this is that this should be available in your own hometown we're Mm -hmm. in 2021 there's kind of ways to die um Victoria has it WA Tassie's around the corner Mm -hmm. there's no reason why um all of Australia shouldn't have this option. You shouldn't have to get on a plane no. and travel yeah. 12,000 miles. True. <laughs> well, speaking to Tanya, she has a terminal diagnosis from breast cancer. Do you mind if I ask? Nothing's off limits here. Uh, anonymous, what's your question mm-hmm. for Tanya? Good morning. Um, my question, at, well, first of all, do you mind if I ask? I um, don't mind at all. <laughs> thank you. Um, I have a friend that has um, a very hard diagnosis with a terminal illness and um, I'm just wanting to know how I support someone that has a terminal illness. Look it's it's very difficult anonymous I mean I've been a carer and then I am the person I've also got a friend too who's just recently been, been diagnosed with the same illness as me and her treatment is very aggressive at the moment she's she's quite ill. Mm. Um, yes. I think it's about there's the practical side so yep. um, the support with things like shopping, groceries. Mm. It's taking the time to pop and visit, but also just send a text and appreciate that even if your friend um, sort of shuns you, she's not really shunning you. She might just have a really bad day. So don't ever give up on that. Um, Send a text, send a call, send a message. I'm just thinking of you and just check in, but ask her, you know, or him how how they're feeling. Because I think some of us sometimes we don't want to offload and share how we're really feeling Mm. and it can be hard for you and hard from your friend but they're the key conversations right let's go to steve and indra pilly what is your question for tanya hi tanya if you don't mind me asking um what is the one last thing you'd like to do with your family before the time does come um probably have a great big bloody party and a slosh up and have all your friends around and <laughs> let them so English. <laughs> get on the cans <laughs> just let let people reminisce i mean um I've, I've had an interesting life and there's lots of funny stories um probably not funny in the last few years but yeah i think i'd like that because i'm everybody's got a story to share about things i've done in the past mm-hmm. and how wild i was and mm-hmm. etc and, and i think 
that should be it. It should be a joyous occasion, and and it wouldn't be because it's hard. But yeah, share a few laughs and tears, and embrace the moment. Don't shy away from it. Is it hard? And I don't mean this to sound like a joke, but is it hard to like say, for example, you see a one thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, and you go, "Well, I'm not going to start that because there's no point. I, I'm I'm not going to be here till the end." Or you know, oh, I do, I know. do, I do have negative thoughts mm. at times in the sense that. Um, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't plan anything, and it sounds ridiculous. I called my two besties around and made them go through my wardrobe, and I gave away jewellery, and, <laughs> and I had movie yeah. tickets, um, free movie tickets, and I remember giving them to my friends saying, I probably won't get to use them, and they're going, oh, oh for God's sake. And then after a year, I got a little bit more comfortable and realised I had more time than I thought. Mm. Did you get the tickets back? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I went on a Thelma and Louise with my bestie down to Chazzy. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, so it's... Um, I try not to plan too far ahead. Um, And now with COVID, I can't afford to be locked out of the state. Well, Tanya, we really appreciate you coming in. um, And if anyone wants to get any info on um, your assisted dying, um, what you're putting together there, Vale Queensland on Facebook, V-A-L-A-Q-L-D. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.